0: Produced by the iLab at WBUR Boston.
1: Welcome to Kind World. I'm Andrea Aswahi.
2: And I'm Yasmeen Amr. So, Andrea, I was down in North Carolina visiting my parents this weekend, and I was looking through my old yearbooks, my old pictures. And I come across this notebook from the 10th grade where a teacher asked me to interview my grandmother. It was amazing to see that interview after all these years. Did you ever have to do anything like that?
1: Yeah, I do. I remember doing a family tree, and I think this was back in elementary school. But I remember asking my parents about their parents, my grandparents, and just hearing these beautiful stories of them growing up. I love doing
2: that. So imagine doing that project, you know, tracing your family history. For years. That's what Rachel Serati did. She uncovered this incredible story. Rachel's story aired in 2017, but we wanted to share it with our listeners again today. With a little something extra. Stay tuned afterward for an
1: update.
0: Rachel Serrati grew up in Boston, and she remembers the day she started to feel like an adult. She was a college student and visiting her grandmother Hannah Dubova outside of Philadelphia. She had this box
3: of wine and it was like only slightly expired red
0: wine so we each poured
3: like a cup and and we went to sit on her porch and it overlooks this parking lot.
0: They were there for a reason. Rachel wanted to hear her grandmother's story. She knew parts already. Her grandmother was a Jewish Holocaust survivor from Czechoslovakia. My grandmother had so much to say, but I don't think that many people asked her questions." So Rachel started asking. And over the next year, the two of them sat down for oral histories. Hannah's health deteriorated that year. At the end of it, at age 85, she died. She left behind a mass of diaries, letters, and photographs. And Rachel became obsessed with digging deeper into her grandmother's past. She decided to spend the coming years retracing her grandmother's footsteps.
3: Hannah was born in
0: 1925 in Czechoslovakia. Hannah's father owned a shop on Prague's main square when Hitler came to power. They thought that it could never happen here, that
3: anti-Semitism was just a rumor. By the time they realized it could happen here, it was too late.
0: Hannah's family applied to come to the U.S., but... Nobody wanted these refugees, soon-to-be refugees. Then came a sliver of hope. The
3: Danish government agreed to take in a set number of Czech Jewish children between the ages of 14 and 16
0: and put them on foster farms in Denmark, and Hannah was chosen. Soon, 14-year-old Hannah was at a train station saying goodbye to her family. She thought the war would be over soon, but in a few years, her parents and her little brother would be murdered in an extermination camp. When Hannah arrived in Denmark, The Danish program placed her on three foster farms that hosted her for six months each.
3: She went from being a child to being a servant overnight. For the first two farms that Hannah was on, so her first year in Denmark, she was with families that she didn't feel like treated her very well. She wasn't allowed to eat with the family. She had to live upstairs in the attic that was unheated. She wrote about her sheets freezing in the night.
0: But everything changed when Hannah moved in with a young couple— and their newborn.
3: This third foster family,
0: they treated her like family. For the first time in ages, she found herself skipping around, singing. In her letters, she talks about all of a sudden feeling at home, and she hadn't said that in years. So, decades later, Rachel tracked down that family, and she asked to live on the farm of their descendants, just as her grandmother had. The farm belonged to Sine Christensen and her husband, Sine's grandmother had hosted Rachel's grandmother 74 years before. We all knew the story, but it it became different when I met Rachel. That's Sine. Her grandmother had often wondered what had happened to that refugee from Czechoslovakia.
3: And I come into their house and, you know, just casually they put, you know, a pot of coffee on the table and we just sit and chat. We talked about our grandmoms. And we started to feel a little connected or in family or something because of their
0: connection. I think they had a special bond. Rachel moved in and helped Sine with farm work, just as their grandmothers had done. Oh, they laughed, they cooked, they even sang together. And gradually, Rachel felt like one of them.
3: You know, I'm reading words that my grandmother wrote about this family from 1941. And it's like I could take those words and put them into my diary
0: today about their descendants. Rachel's grandmother, Hannah, was able to safely stay in Denmark until she was 17, when a stranger appeared. This guy showed up on a bike who she did not know. He was part of the Danish Underground, They'd heard that Nazis were about to round up Jews in the area. And he says, she needs to come with me, and pretty much gave her five minutes to pack up what
3: she could, which was essentially a toothbrush, and followed him on her bike.
0: He hid her in a church attic for three days. And then, one night, a fisherman smuggled Hannah and more than a dozen other refugees to Sweden by hiding them under piles of herring in his boat. We hear about all this like horrific
3: details over and over again. But there are these like stories that compete with that where it's like, yeah, but look what you can do that can save people. I mean, it's a really different story than friends of mine whose grandparents weren't in concentration camps. Like Hannah was never in a camp because people kept her safe because people, you know, honored her life as a human.
0: For Rachel, history keeps circling back to the present. In 2016, as part of her research, she visited the place where the fisherman's boat landed in Sweden. She found a surreal scene. There's young refugees, unaccompanied
3: refugees, living in this same building again. That Hannah spent her first night as a refugee in Sweden, same age, without parents. One day, those kids who are finding refuge in Sweden are going to be grandparents. Either we give them a narrative to tell their grandchildren about how people were wonderful and helped us and treated us with respect and kindness, or we can hand them a narrative about hate and fear.
0: For her part, Rachel's still close with the people who helped her grandmother. In 2016, when she got married... She celebrated the wedding at Sine's farm with the descendants of the people who gave Hannah a home. By then, they all felt like family. The wedding day itself was incredibly still air.
3: It was just so beautiful. I remember Sine turning to me and saying, You know, I think our grandmothers are smiling down at us. That's just, that's just like what it feels like. The beauty that's come out of such tragedy has become perhaps the most important part of my grandmother's story.
0: Rachel has spent her entire adult life in her grandmother's past. And the deeper she goes, the more she finds hope for the future.
2: That story was produced by Erica Lance. We speak to Rachel Cerati after the break.
1: I'm Meghna Chakrabarty. Join me On Point for Elements of Energy, Mining for a Green Future, five special episodes. Listen and follow On Point wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Welcome back to Kind World. I'm Yasmin Amr. And I'm Andrea
1: Aswahi. So, Yasmeen, a couple of weeks ago, I had the chance to catch up with Rachel Cerati. It's been two years since her story aired, and so much has happened since then.
2: And we should mention that Rachel's story was part of an award-winning three-episode series that Kind World produced with our friends at WBUR's Cognoscenti. That's our opinion team. The series is called Beyond Sides of History. If you haven't heard it, you definitely want to check it out. We'll have a link on our website, wbur.org kindworld.
1: And actually, our series was a major jumping-off point for Rachel and her project. In the two years since the story aired, Rachel turned her and her grandmother's story into its own podcast. It's called We Share the Same Sky. It really takes you through a Holocaust survivor's story,
3: but as told by the grandchild. There's a lot of history packed in there. And you hear a lot about my personal life, and you hear a lot about how... My understanding of my grandmother's story continues to shift shape.
1: Rachel's podcast was funded by the USC Shoah Foundation, which is an organization that has conducted interviews with more than 55,000 Holocaust survivors and other survivors of genocide to educate people about the atrocities of hate. And now they've created an entire educational plan to help teachers use We Share the Same Sky and Hannah's story in the classroom. When
3: USC Shoah Foundation sent me the kind of mock-up of all the materials that were prepared for teachers, and I I started crying a bit, which for me, I'm just like, what's happening? Like, I don't cry very often. And it really hit me hard that, like, for many students, their introduction to this time period, to this horrific event that my family was victim to and and so many others, that Hannah is going to be their introduction to that.
2: And this feels more important now than ever. Andrea, I remember hearing something on NPR last year that just truly blew my mind. It was something like 20% of millennials say they haven't even heard of the Holocaust. I mean, can you believe that? That is
1: truly shocking. But hopefully, shows like Rachel's will help bring this history to more and more young people from a deeply personal perspective. And Rachel is working on another way to spread her and Hannah's story. I also have a book that will
3: come. And so now now that the podcast is produced, I can go back to the manuscript, which has kind of been on the back burner over the past 10 months as I've been like
1: staring at audio files on my computer. Rachel also says she has even bigger dreams for her project, like turning all of the diaries and letters and documents her grandmother left behind into an exhibit. But she also has her original idea kind of rolling around in her head. So at first, she just wanted to turn Hannah's story into a photo book. And she's taken over 100,000 photos in the 10 years she's been doing this project.
2: Seems like she's not slowing down anytime soon. I mean, she's got her podcast, like you mentioned.
1: Right, and it's out now, so people can listen to the whole thing. I
2: think what I'm most curious about is her relationships with the people she talked about in the original piece. So Sine and the Danish family that she lived with. Does she still talk to them? Oh, yes.
1: Actually, Rachel jokes that she's waiting for Denmark to give her citizenship so she can spend more than three months at a time there when she visits. She says this project has not only connected her to her grandmother, it's also given her some amazing lifelong friendships. Sine
3: is a sister to me at this point. I mean, her family is my family. I entered all of these people's lives as a journalist, and I came out as family. I say, like, I went out to chase this story of war and and family that, you know— my grandmother survived, but everyone else didn't. And I ended up coming out at the other end with just so, so much love in my life um, for all these people who were once strangers. And that's just really remarkable.
1: Thanks so much to Rachel Cerati for stopping by our studios. Her podcast, We Share the Same Sky, is available on your favorite podcast app now.
2: And later this week, we'll share Rachel's first episode right here on Kind World as a bonus to our listeners. Next week on Kind World, how a judge's extraordinary act of compassion renewed a veteran's sense of hope.
1: When he walked in, uh, that kind of brought the walls down and built this confidence and trust in, in people.
2: That's next week on Kind World. Kind World is a production of WBUR, Boston's NPR station. Paul Vikis and Matt Reed do our sound design and Iris Adler is our executive producer. I'm reporter and producer Yasmin Amer. And I'm
1: reporter and producer Andrea Aswahe. Have you uncovered an amazing family story of extraordinary kindness? We wanna hear from you. Send us an email to kindworld at or find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WBUR Kind World. Your story could be
2: the next episode of Kind World. Need a good detox from the week? You know you do. Subscribe to our weekly newsletter called The Care Package. We'll send you lots of good news straight to your inbox every Saturday morning. Sign up on our website, WBUR.org slash Kind World. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.